I want the club sandwich. I want the cold Mexican beer. I want a ten thousand dollar a night hooker. The world causes it. This causes it. This causes it. This causes it. Information overload. All the electronics around you poisoning the airwaves. Technological fucking civilization. But we still have all this shit because we can't live without it. Good evening. My name is Lee. Welcome to Jared to Jared. On this week's episode, the Jareds will discuss the movie Johnny Mnemonic. Integration and Disintegration. Tech as Nature. 90s punk culture and much much more lights camera action right look at schwartz you know he had beautiful schwartz, puppet yeah. shows nobody yeah. knew him until he nobody became Malkovich, you know exactly so we we pretty much have to become jared vich j bone vich we pretty much do j bone j bone vich bro that movie is so good Oh my god. Johnny Mnemonic might be the best movie ever made sci-fi. Dude, it's crazy how much that movie is the Matrix. Oh yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like uploading shit into his head. Um yeah. J-Bug Ice Cube and that whole thing is like Zion, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The low techs are Zion. Right, right. In fact, well, even, at one point, he even says, my name is Mr. Smith. I was just going to say that. Yeah, he's yeah. literally wearing a suit and says, my name is Mr. Smith. And it's like, it's like the, the Wachowskis had to have been into this movie. Oh, yeah. Which would make sense, too, because it was like 90s, 90s cyberpunk screenplay sure. by William Gibson. Like, like, I'm sure that they were aware of this movie and probably like deliberately nodding to it, you know? Oh, for sure, for sure. Even the ending credits is like a crazy like techno song, you know, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. the Matrix sort of thing. Yeah, the whole like nineties rave scene. Um, oh man, there's some other elements there too that are just like straight out of the Matrix, you know. But yeah. you could just see the little Wachowski brothers, soon to be sisters, you know, watching, um, freaking Johnny Mnemonic all stoked. That was me, man, when I was a kid. I love that movie. Yeah, it is good. It's so like comic booky and funny, and the dialogue is just so shitty in some parts. But that's what makes it awesome, you know. It's funny about the like the first scene. I was gonna be like, "Oh man, Jared's gonna hate this. This is the worst movie ever." <laughs> Yo, it's not good. It is not. No, like, it's, it's not like it's, a good movie. Yeah, no, but it's, you know. like I love it because it's like you know, it's like a. 80s action figure kind of thing you know it's like it's right, like right. hilarious and awesome but like the first lines in it where it's uh keanu and like i don't know if that was like a prostitute whoever that girl is and she's just like uh i'm going out for ice and keanu's like oh we already have ice and she like leaves the and it's just like so poorly done you know <laughs> also i was thinking i was like oh shit i forgot like <laughs> This girl probably goes and like gets a gun or something, you know. I was like, but they just leave it. It's like, oh, no, she, li- she lies about the like, ice, so yeah. that they just move on. I guess she just lied about the ice. I don't. Okay, <laughs> she was literally just gonna go get ice. You know, she, she must not have heard him. You know, yeah, she said, she "I have no ice." Other role. <laughs> Because it takes him so long to talk. Because uh, <laughs> he's so stoned. He's fucking Keanu. Yeah. You're building head, bro. <laughs> we have ice. Uh, we already have 
And then she like walks out the door. Ice. It's like, what the fuck, bro? The chick's already at the ice machine by the time you finish your sentence. <laughs> oh, man. That movie sucks. It's so awesome. <laughs> also, isn't uh, one of the bad guys? He was also in uh, Blade Runner, right? Oh, was he? Which one? I'm pretty sure. Um, Freddy. Whatever. What was his name? To one of the Yakuza guys? Yakuza. No, the guy who like gets chopped up with the laser thing. Oh, that was so funny when he gets sliced <laughs> up. Um, um, is it Freddy? Ralphie. Ralphie, that's what it is. Yeah, dude was such a bitch. Yeah. So tell me, Ralphie, this sounds like a brand You lying sack of shit, Ralphie. You mind second shit. There were two really bad guys that met me, Ralphie. They're scary. <laughs> oh man, and Keanu's character is just like so gullible the whole time and just like dumb. Right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's funny too, because it's like he's almost Neo. He's almost yeah, yeah. John Wick, but he's like too stupid for both roles. And he's honestly yeah. kind of like he's really uh He's like a vulnerable, like masculine figure. You know, mm. I wouldn't say that he's like the traditional, you know, savior. If no, anything, no. he's sick the whole time, you know? Yeah. And he's kind of a derp. Yeah. Like, right, right. Kind of a derp and uh, getting into trouble all the time. And like when he does finally find Ralphie, he gets like his head plowed into the bathroom stall and, you know, so yeah. he's not necessarily like the John Wick figure. No, he's he's not like super competent, you know. Right. Yeah. Why is that? You think that fits the the like the new hero that was trying to be presented in the nineties, like via technology? Mm. It wasn't necessarily uh, had to have been like Arnold Schwarzenegger anymore in the eighties and Total Recall. Totally, totally. It yeah. was now like no sideburns you know skinny kind of frail keanu at the time so right yeah and and i mean he's like vaguely competent because there's that first scene where sure, he gets sure. ass and gets out of there right? right but for the most part he's just kind of confused and lost and i think there's a couple of things going on there one we had a conversation in a previous pod about about the hero and the hero's journey and that sort of thing and sort of the disintegration of that, you know, I mean, that's not near, nearly as popular as it was in like the 70s and 80s, you know, the hero's journey. And I think I so I think it's kind of the beginnings of that. What was this? 95, 96. Yeah. So I, I think it, I think you're seeing started to see people just get disenchanted with the like, you know, ultra strong, you know, chosen one kind of figure. Right. And then also, if you look at William Gibson's work, whether it's his novels or movies, um, I mean, they're they're not strong in terms of plot, you know, I mean, his plots are always kind of like funny and kind of goofy and weird and his characters aren't really strong either. It's but what is strong, it's like it's all about the atmosphere. It's all about the cyberpunk ambiance and um, and and sort of like more about like having a container to deliver these like conceptual ideas about the role of like tech and corporations and like tech as god and in the new millennium and like like i feel like his works are more about the ambiance and the philosophy more than it is about the plot and character development you know right right it's interesting to notice too the juxtaposition of 
when I, I like to see when authors write screenplays totally, you know, totally. and it oftentimes comes out to be kind of awkward in a way yeah. like the 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 dialogue never seems to be as fitting for um for screen compared to compared to books i don't know what it is about literature but you can you can capture like a different sense of dialogue within a within reading. I think it's just the way that yeah, you're comprehending agreed. it because you can make your own tone of voice. Reading tones, I say, is a lot louder than seeing or hearing tone. And I oh, think wow. that's I that's a way in which perhaps mediocre dialogue can really pass through in literature, but on film you have that added layer of the actor, the oh. camera, you know, all, all these other different fundamentals that then your dialogue has to be a lot stronger or yeah. it has to be picked up by the actor or the director or the cinematographer. It has to honestly be a, a harm, harmonious symphony between all right. of those characters for it to really go through. Okay. I mean, there's only a few actors, probably like Daniel Day Lewis's of the world, that can get take shitty dialogue and really turn it into a miracle all on their own, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Keanu, as much as I love him, he's just not that guy. He's, yeah, Keanu's not that guy. <laughs> yeah, nor is Ice T. No, that <laughs> Ice T is also not that guy. <laughs> Neither is Rollins, Henry Rollins. It's so awesome though. No, no. He's in that movie. Yeah. It's and like it's, a fitting role. Right. And it just goes with the whole theme of sort of harking back to last week's episode, the horror, like contemporary horror story. Yeah, totally. You know, Rollins fits that mold because like 90s punk music, late 80s punk music and stuff, they were setting up for the new contemporary horror, which was uh, technology, big corporations, you know, the Yakuza, big pharma right totally. that's another yeah. huge huge theme with that with throughout the movie so i don't know it's interesting that i and that's a total like wachowski sisters move to like yeah. get henry rollins this badass to like you know play a cool cool you know little little side side role in the movie so anyways yeah 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 so much so much there you know um i mean with henry rollins like i like how they didn't cover up any of his tattoos like he's definitely playing himself kind of, you know? Right. Right. Black, and it's cool. Black. Cause it's like, you know, like the first scene with him, you like see in the corner, his, his like misfits tattoo on his arm. And it's just like, Oh cool. It's like, that's the culture that that's coming through in this movie. Like you're saying the like eighties, nineties punk scene, all that sort of stuff, you right. know, misfits tattoos, like Henry Rollins. And it's, and it's really, really cool that that's, that's coming through. And I think so much part a part of that too is like, the low techs, which are, you know, like we we're saying, kind of like the Zion guys in uh in Matrix, like the low techs who are just these like regular organically grown, like grassroots movement of people, you know, this just like community first kind of um kind of punk vibe and punk aesthetic, you know, that that I think you kind of still see around, you know, like definitely that has a presence in Albuquerque for sure, you know, this like, you know, I don't know activist punk kind of people that's sort of thing so it's the low techs are are interesting to me and like 
and the sense of camaraderie that's there, you know, it's like, as you're watching it, at least for me, like, I want to be one of the low techs. I want to hang out in Ice T's crew, you know, and be like, oh shit, the Yakuza, you know, and like me and my <laughs> homies grab some guns and chase after him, you know? <laughs> totally. Hanging out with a dolphin and a tiny little fish tank. Um, God, should we get into the dolphin? Cause there's actually quite a bit there. There's a lot there. We should, we should, we should transition to the dolphin. Maybe we should talk about the dolphin now. I'm just thinking that the dolphin is the dolphin like able to live a lot long life and not die of a heart attack of anxiety living in that tank because it's Bro, that was my first thought. Yeah. Journeying through virtual reality, you know. And and little sidebar comment on that. Man, this this movie is quite predictive like the Facebook uh uh, uh VR headset it looks exactly yeah. like the VR headset Johnny Mnemonics puts on. Wait, wait, can, can we pause for a second? Because yeah, I have a, yeah. all right, because I'm, because I'm getting, I'm getting excited here because this movie's got I know, so me too. Much I wanted to comment yeah. on what you first said too, but yeah, anyways, dude, exactly. I've already lost it. There's too right? much. We, let's just Maybe keep going. Like, There's layers to this movie. There's layers. layers. Yeah. I feel like we should like pick a, pick a path and then go on that path because otherwise we're going to keep fucking jumping because there's so much all right do you should we start with like dolphin which is weird as fuck what did you say what did you say before dolphin before dolphin i was saying um just kind of that being part of the cyberpunk ethos is is the the like grassroots punk community essentially that's like that's like struggling but but striving together in their sense of camaraderie like like the humanistic the humanistic folks versus like the corporate guys, you know, that's, that's always a theme in these movies, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And um, then Henry Rollins and like just the whole punk aesthetic kind of like feeds into that. Right. A, I think it's, it's, it's cool that they did that. And that goes, that goes in with the style of what you're saying too, of how yeah. this it's sort of even like comic booky with those video totally. game scenes in the totally. background and like, you know, the headsets and stuff this made me think man how did they not warner brothers take the matrix and start doing shows and movies like they have done with star wars and freaking marvel and stuff like that man i would love to see like a yakuza themed matrix like show like oh, a really well, have serious you seen the... that'd be awesome <laughs> yeah i mean they have the the matrix the animated matrix the animated, that's matrix, right but yeah. i mean that came out 20 years ago at this point sure, i'm sure. talking like straight up oh, like, like hbo shit, yeah. shit oh know? yeah that'd be cool warner brothers that would be so cool right um but yes uh <laughs> the whole the, the, oh, man I have a. I had a really good point when you were first bringing that. Well, up. see what's interesting that that stands out to me about the low tax, which one that that's the low tax. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I like that they're called the low tax. There's something like like even that itself is kind of rebellious, right? Because we always like uh, prioritize like high tech. You know, it's like this idea that you know this new technology is gonna bring something into your life and benefit you. Right. And the low techs are like, no. If anything, I mean, this is this is fix um uh healing the fragmented village which we've been talking sure, about sure like that's the low techs right it's these people who are like yeah disenfranchised and disillusioned with like the high tech narrative that we've been sold by big pharma big tech corporations and then come together in this like organic street people kind of way you know yes this is exactly the okay i remember exactly what yeah. i was gonna say you also mentioned 
you felt like a lot of this culture in Albuquerque, you know, Albuquerque, Albuquerque artists, whatever, New Mexico, totally. you know. Yeah. Um, um, uh, so we're driving back from the state fair this week, me and me and Dion with the family, yeah. you know, and I had a great time, by the way, New Mexico state oh, yeah. fair. So awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so we're driving back home and Dion's like, fuck yeah, they got meow wolf and we look man and like they're brand new you know twenty thousand dollar pink billboard is grafted up with like the the sickest graffiti you've ever seen from low tax right exactly these are true new mexico artists that street art right fucking beautiful too it was badass like you know right and all over that because fuck them man they're a big farm they're the big pharma they yeah, know the exactly yeah, now art, a you know by this point yeah it's all it is is a freaking exploitative yeah it's fucking freaking, Disneyland, yeah. yeah capitalistic freaking machine right. man oh man yeah. so yeah that was that, that's one of my points there is the low tax oh man and that's what yeah. they are they're j-bone they're iced tea they're <laughs> J-Bone to J-Bone, bro. And not, not just graffiti artists, like you're saying, like yeah. musicians, like, you yeah. know, I was talking with my with Zay the other day and like some other of my yeah. old bandmates. It just sucks that we were never able to, like, we had a good thing when we were younger. Sure. We like hit the scene at the right time, right when Facebook and Instagram, all that shit were popping off. Like we had a really good sound and dedicated and we we're just a bunch yeah. of like, group of chicanos that ended up not getting an opportunity you know and it just kind of sucks we were the low techs man and then all these like terrible bands get these freaking huge record deals because somehow they hit an algorithm or somehow right they there somebody the bass player is a rich kid and knows a guy that works at facebook records you know whatever the case yeah see and that's and that's um you know, your example of like the uh, billboard getting tagged up. I mean, I mean, that in itself has uh, so much meaning behind it, because what that is, is reclamation of public space. Right. Right. And and there's a ton, there's multiple art movements um, kind of dedicated to that. Like, like there's one guy in England doing something called subvertising, where it's all about subverting advertised spaces. So it's pretty much just like, you know, fucking with, uh, public ads and like really clever ways, you know, to make people actually think about what's going on, not just, you know, think beyond the ads that they're seeing. Cause the images we consume matter quite a lot. You know, I, I feel like I've said this a lot before, but it's like the images we're consuming matter. If I'm, if I'm watching images of like, I don't know, people getting their heads chopped off all day, that's going to have an impact on my psyche versus if I'm seeing images constantly of like flowers and sunshine or just going outside. Right. Right. You know, so it's like the fact that our public space has been compartmentalized and privatized and, and sold, you know, to corporations to just blast fucking images into our face constantly to brainwash us into thinking we need their products. It's all about the reclamation of public space. Like that's what street art really is. That's what the low techs really are. So it's cool too that the low techs, I mean, where's their headquarters? It's up on this, uh, up on this bridge, you know, up on this like abandoned bridge, which feels symbolic. It's like this higher up space. It's a broken bridge, which means, you know, it's this spot that at one point was dedicated to just cars and vehicles and commerce. And they're like, no, we're reclaiming this now. And this is our, the headquarters, you know, we're literally climbing high 
up on top of this bridge so that we can, they call it heaven, so that you climb up to heaven so that you can see more clearly, you know, and see beyond yourself. You know, that, right. that's the whole thing that the low techs are doing, reclaiming yeah. public space and expanding vision. And what it is, is it's a cyber religion, you know, it, right. it's, it's the new, really it's post-religion is what it is. And uh, it's a reclamation project of the natural space, just like you're saying yeah. as well. Yeah. It's turning, we, we've, in Johnny Mnemonic, you get to this point twenty in 2021, which is funny. We almost were there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, where we're actually reclaiming the the concrete jungle, you know, the man-made space. Exactly. This is returning to your uh, discussion and meditation on becoming human, you know, is once the apocalypse comes, there's really only one place to return, and that's in the woods, you know, back yeah. to the forest, back to reclaiming a natural space. Right. Like and like and subscribe, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, seeing that's like what's fascinating too. I mean, if you talk about the uh advent of the internet itself, I mean, like in the in the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, like all of these psychedelic people um were obsessed with the internet. Like like Timothy Leary got like really, really into into cyberspace and the internet because what it was was like the um material expression of what all these like psychedelic people were experiencing when they were when they were tripping which is to say a sense of interconnectedness so they're taking this like spiritual interconnectedness and materializing it in the form of the internet you know right. so taking that internal spiritualistic space and externalizing it so all of these guys were like really psyched about it and and they saw it as this like really free space like any artist can go on and just like upload stuff you can go on and like collaborate with someone from across the world you've never met before and it, it was seen as this like kind of utopian free space that virtual space was now the new frontier in a really healthy way and then sure enough you know corporations got a hold of it and then started to segment compartmentalize it um make that that free space scarce and then sell it back to us and now we have the internet as it is which is you know, it's literally just just corporate brainwashing at, at at this point. I mean, literally algorithms and social media that are you know based on like casino algorithms and shit to get people addicted to it. You know, so it's but but that's that's the trajectory that like our society always takes. You know, I mean, look at like North America itself, where it's like you know people came in and were just like incorrectly so, but they were like, wow, look at all this open free space. And then that open free space gets broken down, compartmentalized, sold back to us, corporatized, you know, and now it's like, instead of these vast, beautiful vistas, you're driving down the highway, looking at McDonald's everywhere, you know? Sure, sure. Um, but then we have to, within this space that you're describing, we also then have to find or reclaim a paradise, right? Reclaim the mm -hmm. promised land, so right. to speak. And it's interesting, you could, I was sort of thinking, looking at like biblical themes too, while I was watching it and heaven could be sort of the Ark of the Covenant with the dolphin there and the, and the <laughs> secret of life that's going to continue on humanity amongst, mm. you know, a technological flood. Yeah. Um, oh, and another point you brought up earlier 
about, you know, just the world that we live in now, whatever it is, the sickness that's going on. Well, that's the Nas, right? That's mm, the Nas yeah. disease that's going totally. around too, totally. is yeah. is what's inflicting all of us as well, is it's this freaking technological, the, the images, when you're talking about images, right? right. Things that we see. Yeah. While people are actually getting sick. So There's that great scene with Rollins that's like, yes. what's this, yes. man? What's this? Dude, that's such <laughs> a good scene. We rely on it. Yeah. You know? But it's real, though. And, yeah. and that's fucking crazy. It's like, you know, it's like, I mean, that's the cool thing about dystopia is they're not commenting on the actual future. You know, it's not like William Gibson was like, let me right. predict right. what's going to happen in 2021. He was like, I, he's like, I'm what's happening out. in 1995. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just going to get worse and worse and amplified unless someone changes it. But, you know, here we are. So, but yeah, dude, that was so interesting. What they call it? Like the nerve, the nerve attenuation syndrome. Yeah. 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 And you get like the black that, yeah. shakes if you yeah. have it. But it was so cool because oh, Rollins so was like, <laughs> Rollins character, he's all like, yeah. yeah. He's all like, oh, the, the, there's propaganda trying to say that, like, it's the doctor's fault and it's healthcare's fault or whatever. Or just like, he's like, there's all of the, all of this propaganda trying to point the finger, but he goes, no, it's literally the, the tech environments that we live in. He's like, that's not healthy for us. That's right. what's giving people the, the black shakes, you know? Right. Right. What's interesting. So, so the environment, is, uh... go ahead. No, go ahead. So the environment is the thing. Okay. So it's like the, the power structure creates the environment that's making everyone sick. And then the power structure, big pharma then ends up profiting off that sickness and totally nefariously in the, in the movie, right. you know, they're withholding the the cure to it because having a cure isn't as profitable as, you know, um, just slowly taking care of people over an extended period of time, you know? So right, like, right. so, you know, what do you think about that whole part of the narrative how accurate is it did it did it resonate is it what's what's there for us to decipher so this is what freaks me out about that is is the final conclusion that the writer comes to mm. and that's resolution with tech essentially the right. key it's the cure to this and the cure wasn't you know like total recall where he hits the button and an atmosphere grows on Mars that they were yeah. withholding from everybody. This this isn't a, we're going to take all tech away and we're going back to, to peace in the woods. This was a cure, some sort of cure that allowed them to live with the tech. Yeah. And to grow and to... Uh, and with technology and evolve, right? So it's interesting that the answer was not a return to nature, but instead an evolution with technology. And then living with one, you know, what one right. what was once undone and sundered will be whole again. You know, everything goes back to the dark crystal. So yeah, yeah. Dark crystal baby. Basically is what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> 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 But also other themes of religion, right? Okay, so we got the crazy priest. Oh, that, that dude was the bionic awesome. priest, dude. So yeah, awesome, yeah. maybe. We don't like get like crazy. I guess we do, but the whole henchman thing has just always been awesome forever. Yeah. That's a hilarious trope. Um yeah, yeah. through James Bond and everything. Totally. But his characterization, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. 
especially as the scholar and voice of becoming human. What makes us human? Is it our bodies? Is it just our brains? Because this dude was essentially just mechanical parts in a brain, right? Every yeah, limb yeah. in his body had been transferred out with some sort of higher upgrade robo robotic part. Right. So do we remain human if we don't have our body? Mm. And is the movie then commentating that we lose our humanity without our bodies? Because he was surely right. an inhumane person. He was like, totally. just, yeah. you know, greed filled killer. So that wanted to live forever. I don't know. Yeah. Thoughts. Yeah, no, it's a good question. So, so the body thing makes me think of, um, okay. If you look at sort of like Western history, and you look at, you know, Catholic Protestant notions, you know, going back to like medieval times, at least of, of the body, you know, it's always about um, kind of demonizing the body, you know, and that, and that's where you end up getting, you know, people like demonizing sexuality, demonizing the body, like, you know, the, the kind of like dark preacher figures who are like, who are like dancing is a sin, you know, shit like right, that. Right, right, right. So, so you get this uh, separation of soul and body that these well that's believe. like the history of the munich right the munich that chop off your member so you you know oh the eunuch yeah the body right the eunuch right, right exactly so there's so there's this idea that the body itself is something impure and right. it's uh this the spirit is something separate from the body that you know it's is is pure um so it's that dichotomy that that i think you know, kind of caught and we're still struggling with that. You know, I mean, look at all the like body shaming that goes on and insecurity about our bodies and, and all of that. I mean, I think we're still experiencing kind of the hangover from um, religious, the religious dichotomy of, of soul versus body. So then which is human, the body or the soul, right? And I, and I would argue, you know, get away from that narrative entirely and say well the body is the soul the soul is the body you know we talk about sort of like the mind body experience where it's like you know again it's all interconnected it's all one thing you know i mean i don't think you can have uh i mean the body is is i think the the body is the form in which the spirit expresses itself right and then and then the spirit is you know an experience of the body so i don't I don't think there's any kind of separation there. So, so yeah, I mean, I think even when we talk about like uploading our brains to the internet, virtual reality space, all that sort of stuff, trying to escape into the, into the metaverse, you know, that, I mean, those are all like really escapist narratives. And I think they're Christian narratives in the sense that I'm going to abandon my body and enter into this state of, of purity. You know, it, I mean, all we've done in, in um the movie, um, Johnny Mnemonic gets at this too, where it's, um, the line about the preacher, you know, that dude is that he, he is mistaken tech for God. Right. So I think that's like, what's going on here. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to drop my body and then just free myself in the virtual space. So, you know, it's a, it's a Christian, it's, it's a high tech Christian utopian narrative. Right. That I is mean, inherently inhuman, I think. Sure. Sure. And uh, you're making me think, too, man, that would be from that viewpoint, it could be argued that that's an interesting commentary on the evolution 
of of uh christian self you know flatulation of the body right right because you know the casting away of the body everything you're saying shame all that stuff right the eunuch going back to that literal dismemberment right right um this could be a radical evolution of that where you know this guy is justifying the mutilation of his own body because it's impure right the body's impure Yeah. yeah and only the body of christ can save him yeah. So he justifies through. But I see what you're saying, though, through the experience of that the body is the mind and the mind is the body. Mm-hmm. And even if he has a mind connection with his mechanical body and his mechanical limbs, it's an inhuman experience. Right. Yeah. It's it's dehumanizing. It's it's the opposite. So right. thus his mental experience and expressions would be inhumane. And clearly they are. He's a madman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, that guy's lost his his spirit through the loss of his body. Right. Right. Um, And, you know, it's like, I mean, also conversations about what is a cyborg. I mean, if you want to be like pretty loose and open with the definition of a cyborg, I mean, if someone's wearing a pair of glasses, that's a cyborg. Right. Because you're you're literally using a piece of technology to, you know, amplify and increase the skill set of a of your of your organic human form right so i mean you know you put on a pair of glasses and now you're a cyborg literally according to that definition right so right right so there's also a way in which it's like okay well yeah when when do when do you lose your humanity because okay i'm wearing glasses i'm still human obviously right uh, okay, now I've lost my arm and replaced it with a uh, bionic arm, you know, which right. we're literally doing, right? Veterans and shit, you know, like prosthetics, like they're still right, human, right, of course, right, right. And yes, yes, absolutely, right. Um, you know, so at what point does it does the humanity go away? What what's that transition moment that you become? You know, the the preacher. It's so true. Good God, Johnny Mnemonics deep. <laughs> Listen though, that argument is that argument becomes problematic, obviously, Mm -hmm. right? Because of you know people people with accessibility issues, you know. Yeah. And like me and Dolly were even saying, like, oh man, so sad. Just like somebody who no arms and legs the other day on the news, you know, that doesn't mean inhuman. No, they're totally human, right? Right, but then what? But we. We do we we have like heart transplants basically. I mean, yeah. you know, right. You can you know, literally have organ, this point, organ transplants, right? We're we're 3D printing lungs and and livers yeah. and shit at this, which is point, great, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's all great, and I think we've talked about this too. Is like cool, that's awesome, you know. Yeah, but on the other hand, <laughs> I guess that null and voids your argument. You know, that mm. would null and void the argument, but then. That the body is, and that's the thing, is that no matter what the body is, and that's sort of what I'm thinking, this dude was just greedy and mad to begin with. Yeah. He'd kill people to literally live longer. So he's a sociopath, you know, going back to three weeks ago. He's a, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a freaking, uh, he's a Christopher Columbus freaking wackadoo or what's that Spanish colonizer we were talking about? Cortez. 
he's Cortez. Right? He's yeah. Cortez, right? He's right. a madman. So yeah, see, okay, and like one yeah, gosh, this is such a hard question. When 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 what's the limits of of your humanity, right? And then and then of course that's getting us into like, you know, Ken. Oh my god, but then the most inhumane person like in terms of what makes a human your memories yeah uh your soul your responses to things you know johnny is the least inhuman because of the chip in his brain you know so if it's the brain that's corrupted because he has to take off a large chunk of his memory in order to have such large storage in his brain you know yeah and it's his life that's the most inhumane of them all. Like even his lovers and his girlfriends, they're like, "No, I expected that from you because you're freaking, mm. you're, you know, you're, uh, you're a neo version of of uh, of a freaking noir character." You know, I don't know. Yeah, and and it's the body. Perhaps the body doesn't necessarily matter. Like, uh, for instance, chop minor your heads off, right? And yeah. put us in a living in a living droid's body or something, and we had some right. connection to it. It's not like we would cease to be J dogs, you know. <laughs> J bones, J bones. <laughs> Reference to Johnny Mnemonic, but you know, oh, funny, bro. <laughs> right? I mean, of course, yeah. though, maybe we would. I'd, I'd kind of freak out if I was just like, maybe I'd start making rational decisions. Listen, brains are not the like most stable things. Right. If I didn't have my human body anymore, I'm sure I'd be like pretty depressed and yeah. like, you know, who knows? But maybe I'd try to like, like be like, this isn't so bad. I'm going to go like hiking or something and not get exhausted. I don't know. Yeah. All right. And let me, let me play with this idea it's just it's not totally formed just gonna be a little bit fumbling but okay so i think of integration versus disintegration so so follow me on this right and this is kind of mentioned it the other week the whole like plato thing you know if, if you're integrated within yourself that expands out to the community and you know it's someone someone who's like aligned within themselves creates a more aligned family sense and community sense and state and so on and so forth. So it's all about top down, bottom up alignment, right? Of self and spirit, the, the, the Malkovich is the, the disparate parts within yourself, finding cohesion and alignment within them. Uh, and I think, you know, that's when we feel good, right? I mean, that's, you know, we get a sense of happiness from that and a sense of uh, direction and purpose and, and easefulness. It's when we're feeling separate, disintegrated alienated from ourselves you know that anxiety depression all of that kicks in right so it's that kind of inner integration that then expands outward so then you have okay say like you know racism and shit right i mean what is that that's separation it's literally disintegration of of communities of groups of people and all of that and that doesn't help anyone you know there's all these sociological studies how more integrated communities actually benefits everyone you know um so and i think to expand that further out and further out and further out where it's not just okay i'm integrated with myself great then i'm integrated with uh my family chosen or genetic whatever uh and then i'm integrated with my community 
town, state, nation, and just keep expanding outwards, right? And now I'm seeing everyone else as human. There's compassion there, you know? And then the most human then is to even expand that to like animals, right? You know, and you're looking at, you know, a dog, a cat, a bird, whatever, and feeling connection, compassion. So now you're integrated, not just with the human world, but the animal world too. So then you start to perceive animals as human in that way, because now you're, you're with it, you're connected with them, you feel the, the animal spirit, right? And then expand that even further. And then you get into alien territory, right? The aliens come down and, you know, do you greet them as like, oh, shit, that's a threat? Or do you greet them as like, oh, those are intelligent beings who who also experience consciousness, what can be shared here? What, what, what can be integrated here? You know, so you just expand and expand and expand. So I think of the human as that integrated self, the actualized integrated self that's highly expanded in a, in a, in a deeply positive way, you know, um, from inner to outer. Um, and then it's the disintegration that starts to break that down, that starts to breed separation, racism, sexism, classism, all of the isms, right? Uh, self-alienation, self-degradation, uh, all of that kind of stuff. So when I think of like what human is, you know, in the most positive sense, it's like an integrated self that's integrated from the individual outwards to the society and so on, including the animal realm, including the extraterrestrial realm, you know, uh, the God realm, all of that, like that's human to me. So, so can the preacher, I think could have been human it, it, just because he was a cyborg didn't mean he had to be a piece of shit. He could have been right, a cyborg, right, right. but maintained his, his humanity and his ability to, meet with others with empathy and compassion right i mean even look at johnny's girlfriend what was her name the uh her his bodyguard uh, yeah uh fuck what was that character's name which, i know the actress dina myers which is cool she plays uh his bodyguard you know <laughs> yeah that's cool yo johnny mnemonics got an 18 percent on rotten tomatoes that's bullshit 18 that's bullshit bro that's fucking trash because it's like oh man whoever voted that they they're not seeing all the layers of johnny Namon. dude they've clearly not listened to this podcast even though it's not published yet you know. <laughs> wait what was her name that character uh jane jane john and jane yeah john and jane yeah that was his uh bodyguard um but i i think you're exactly right and that was sort yeah. of my point is is to take a script from your old book is even in a Buddhist sense, right? The body isn't, is just a vessel in some sort of Mm. way, right? It's not really, it's not necessarily an integral part to your everlasting consciousness. And I think that if Mm. you can maintain uh, integration, as you say, through yeah. whatever the vessel is right as long as the soul and the spirit remain in the brain you can connect with a body right mm. and that's why we get uh reincarnated and all these things the 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 certain bodies that we're in as though they matter right uh what matters is is the 
maintaining of the brain and the and the thought process and the consciousness essentially right Right. which then takes care of the vessel which is the body so even if the vessel is better mechanically speaking that 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 just means you can actually even become more integral with the brain right um even think about it in terms of of that sylvester stallone uh judgment day or whatever i don't know one of those crazy sci-fis he did judge dread or something i can't i'm trying to can't remember which one it was but uh you know they have sex with vr it's (laughs) way safer you know (laughs) yeah and there's a scene he's like let's put these things away let me show you you know connect (laughs) there's something there too you know but i think just on a cosmic plane I think we can remain human as long as we have our 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 brains essentially right that can process things like sense all the senses you know touch smell mm-hmm. feel so it would need to be a high tech body but of course we have yeah. the actual manifestation of this through Jane who has been you know upgraded and put all you know uh a spider freaking has upgraded her with a bunch of tech, you know, but she's still the most just arguably character in the book, you know, so yeah, definitely. protecting definitely. Johnny. So, right. Um, yeah. She was awesome, bro. I have a crush on, uh, Oh man. Jane, bro. When he passes out in the tunnel and then wakes up and she has her hair down. All oh cuddly. yeah. Oh man. The carrot curls. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> So hot. But she's so. so cool, man. She's so cool and like cyberpunk and so, so she's like the cyberpunk femme fatale fan oh, fatale so of my awesome. dreams, you know. Um I want I, I wish some girl would just be like, I'm gonna be your bodyguard, you know, and just <laughs> <laughs> oh, make man, sure so I go awesome. see my dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> and upload the upload the code. Um get into the dolphin. I say I want I want to I want to take five so I can gather some more thoughts on this because this movie had way more layers than I expected. <laughs> All right, I gotta take a bathroom break anyway. Yeah, sounds good. We'll come back. We'll take five. All right, cool. All right. Dolphin time. <laughs> Is a steaming bird and the Mexican cold beer and a ten thousand dollar hooker. The most ridiculous acting scenes. He should have won an Oscar for that performance. That's all I'm saying. Oh man, acting looks so much fun. Yeah, I know, it's amazing. It does look fun. 
that's one thing I might do late in my later life. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see you being one of those guys who, like, at the age of like forty-five, ends up like <laughs> randomly becoming like a, a Hollywood actor or something. Just like, know? well, you know, I got the role in the new, uh, in the new movie, so in the new book, in the new show on Broadway, so it's crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Me and Ethan Hawke. Dude, I love that. That's so interesting to me. Like, I love stories of transformation, you know, these people who like publish their first book when they're like, yeah, in their 40s and 50s and stuff, you know. That's what happened in the principle of uh, in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That actor, he. Uh, oh, really? He an actor forever. He did like some of uh, Shakespeare that got like resounding freaking applause when he was younger. It's like teens. Oh, wow. Well. Again, and then, like close to fifty years old, he landed some crazy freaking Broadway buzz lead role, and yeah, rest is history. I also heard that that guy got busted for like <laughs> child porn or something. So oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, man, actors, this is just wild. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's what. Did you hear what happened to Russell Brand today? I didn't like I saw like a headline or something. I didn't I didn't like read it, but what he got he got like me too or something. Yeah, he got accused of raping a, a few girls and just like oh, inappropriate God. behavior. Yeah. Dude, the bottom line is is anybody protecting Russell Brand clearly doesn't know who he is. Have you ever seen him in like at all of his movies he plays a pervert and like <laughs> Yeah, right, right. It's Russell Brand to like I don't know. Yeah. He's definitely and the dude from that '70s show. He's oh, I know, freaking uh, Masterson. That guy got thirty years. Crazy, crazy. He was creepy as as AF, you know. So yeah. a lot yeah. of these, a lot of them, you can just like kind of tell, you know. What do you think it is? Is it just these dudes who like you know they're hyper successful, so that's this like sense of entitlement kind of thing, like. I think it's the opposite. I think that the job attracts very strange people. I can see that. Like, yeah, that's true. Anyone in like show business must be kind of like very bizarre egos and like, yeah, yeah, thinking they can do things and like, yeah, I don't know. It's like uh, some Chester getting a job at like a kids' daycare or something. You know, they just think that there's going to be opportunities for it. You know. Yeah. Creepy. Donnie Darko. That'd be a good one to watch for the pod. That would be a fun one, yeah. So final thoughts on Johnny Mnemonic. You... <laughs> dolphin. Uh, yeah, man. So the dolphin was so unexpected. That was that shit was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to go back to the whole like integration with yourself, the universe, all that sort of thing. Uh, including the animal realm, right? I mean, <laughs> That's why you kept you know, bringing up the animals. Yeah, I the love it. Realm. I love it. Okay, and it's like, and that's big, you know. I mean, that's something that I feel like may- maybe we are like increasing our global consciousness because I feel like, you know, not not even that long ago, a few decades ago, you know, people are still very much so like, oh, it's a fucking animal, bro. They can't like they're just animatrons. They can't think or feel, you know. And I right. feel like people are pretty attuned to like, you know, we've all seen documentaries where like elephants are like grieving over loved ones and like you know and we all have dogs and you know connect with our dogs and stuff like that i feel like there's this 
larger sense of respect for like animal consciousness, you know, even being on a similar plane as human consciousness. I think that all happened like in the nineties too. A lot of it, like free willy, uh, yeah, free willy controversy as Sea World and like what was the dolphin one? Not the Johnny Mnemonic dolphin, the uh, like Flipper the dolphin or something. Flipper, yep. There was yeah. Flipper. There was even the Star Trek movie that came out where they have to go back in time to like nineteen eighty San Francisco so they could get humpback whales because they're extinct. And bring them back to the future so the humpback whales can communicate with these aliens that are checking in on them. (laughs) Yo, and there's like stories now of like uh, killer whales like fucking attacking boats because they're sick of the boats, you know, like. Right, right, right. So it's like, you know, animals are A lot of the whaling laws happened in the 90s too, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Octopus, octopus can fall in love. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I went to lobster, dinner one night. The lobster. Yeah, I, yeah, I went to dinner one night like a couple of years ago with uh, uh, you know, yeah, you know, Bria, Bria and her family, and yeah. um, and we went to this like super fancy place in Albuquerque, Los Poblanos. So good. You ever been there? I love Los Poblanos. Yeah, so good, bro. But anyway, uh, so we're we're talking about octopus and how they like can fall in love, and and when octopus dream, they're like uh changing colors like like you know how a dog twitches when it's dreaming like an octopus will freaking change colors as it's dreaming it's dreaming in color so, wow yeah and then or and then bria ordered this uh octopus meal and fucking started eating some octopus and i was just like dude how are you doing like i can't eat a thing that falls in love you know it's like that's insane that's because bria's jane she's badass <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's funny but but do you know about John Lilly? Um, Dr. John Lilly. Do you know about this? John Lilly. I thought you said John Willie. I was like, from Free Willie? No, I'm not sure. I meant that. <laughs> I'm back well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Free Willie. Wait, wait, you do? Wait, you know about uh, John Lilly or no? Um, is he like the psychedelic doctor, author, dude? Yeah, so get this, yeah. dude. This, this fucking guy, Dr. John Lilly. He was, I just thought of another connection to him, but I'll put that to the side. So, so this dude was doing experiments on dolphins, giving, giving LSD to dolphins and like, like just had a freaking couple of dolphins in a pool in his lab and was just feeding them acid and doing tests on them. (laughs) John (laughs) Lily, so he's feeding these dolphins acid and he's, doing all these experiments to try and communicate with dolphins and like teach dolphin speech and stuff like that. Just like weird crazy edge, edge of studying the human and the non-human, all that shit. Right. And then there was a, a, a lab assistant of his, this woman who would be doing experiments with the dolphin and developed like a, a friendship with the dolphin. Right. And she'd be doing these experiments, these tests to see like how well the dolphin can communicate all this sort of stuff. And then the dolphin would start to get like distracted in the pool. It would get like, you know, just sort of like, uh, I don't know, just bored and start swimming around and ignoring her and stuff like that. And then one day the dolphin, like she saw that the dolphin had a boner, right? So she, she jerks off the dolphin, swear to God, this is a true story. 
she's like, oh, maybe we'll calm him down so we can continue doing our lab studies, right? So oh, that's a good idea. So weird, bro. So she jerks off the dolphin um, to completion, you know, and then the dolphin actually calms down after that and then can like participate in the lab experiments more, sure more diligently, right? <laughs> So then she sees this and like does it like on the daily, dude. She's just like jerking off this dolphin every day, right? And the dolphin falls in love with her. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. The wow. dolphin falls in love with her. And then she ends up like leaving, gets a different job or something like that. And the dolphin fucking dies. It like got like heartbroken and, and died. Oh, God. Yeah, and there was a story on it, you know, the story, it came out originally, like, in an issue of Playboy in the 70s, and, and you know, it was, to- it was totally amped up that she's having sex with the dolphin. Right, right. But then the true story was she wasn't, you know, falling out having sex with it, but, like, she was, you know, pleasuring the dolphin, and then the dolphin <laughs> fell in love, you know, which is so... And, the- and apparently the dolphin was on acid, too, during this whole thing, so... <laughs> So men are just dolphins on acid, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, so I'm pretty sure, like, you know, hooking up the dolphin in Johnny Mnemonic to, like... Bring it back to Johnny Mnemonic. (laughs) The the virtual realm and stuff. I mean, you know, I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say, like, you know, they're tapping into psychedelic culture. They're tapping into rave culture. They're tapping into cyberpunk culture. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the writers were, like, aware of the john lilly experiments right sort right. of like, you know kind of inspired by that especially william gibson that dude read everything he knew fucking everything that was going on in the world you know oh sure sure and they they're probably they're trying to be part of that subculture too obviously exactly um yeah the whole like punk grimy you know everybody's on acid and johnny johnny yeah. mnemonic is acid right when he puts yeah. on the on the virtual reality set and everything exactly the beginning of the movie is like the internet 2021 on acid freaking yeah yo and can i like hop into like like psychedelic culture for a minute because there's something interesting about let's do it let's do it yeah all right 90s are i i think i think culture happens in 30 year cycles you know it's like like the 80s like all the you know, dudes wearing leather jackets and stuff. That was just a re-rendition of, like, the 50s greasers, right? Um, I heard the other day, sidebar, that pop culture hits in 20-year cycles, so close. But, yeah, you know, same sort of paradigm, right? Yeah, you have the 60s, you know, like, hippies, rock bands, whatever, and then the 90s, there's definitely, like, a 90s hippie, jam bands, fish, all this stuff, right? Um, People wearing tie-dye again and being into aliens. That was all really 90s. So we're in the 2020s now. So we're back on that 30 year cycle. And, you know, we're seeing like, um, you know, psychedelic research in colleges, you know, some cultural commentators say there's like a psychedelic renaissance occurring, that sort of thing. Burning Man, like that maps conference. But like. But but it went away during the early 2000s, during the Bush years, you know, you can see that it went away and it's like in film. So uh v for vendetta um that movie like completely erased any any psychedelic and occult references that the original book had it completely erases any of the kind of like dark psychedelic background that occurs in the book 
for the for the movie that came out during the bush years you know yeah so i just think like there's just something interesting there where it's like you know i think 20 30 year cycles culture sort of there's something very unpsychedelic about the early 2000s too very raw exactly industrial almost you know very 70s 2000s was very uh whitewashed you know like 70s almost like you're saying that 30 year sort of cycle there and it was just like you know the deer hunter stats right, right. and if, if you think about going to another alan moore recreation the the watchman movie yeah that shit's brutal but it's not psychedelic at all you know it's it's right. rough and cut but it's it's sort of a glimpse into what's going to come in the 2020s but still the the series or the uh the movie yeah 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 definitely not the series that came out re- that that's more psychedelic i would say yeah but the and the comic book is, but the movie that came out in the two thousands that yeah. you know in the early aughts or the Northman, bro. We were talking about maybe doing a Northman episode. Oh, yeah, we we should get that. back to the Dolphin now because we're bouncing <laughs> all over. But the Northman's like twenties twenty psychedelic. It's like that movie. You know, they're all fucking Viking shaman guys taking mushrooms in the woods and stuff. It's like you wouldn't see a movie like that made during the two thousands. You know, you just right, wouldn't. right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um. But going back to your point, the 90s, um, and psychedelics have a lot to do with the animal figure, too. Right. And the animal as a savior and the animal Mm -hmm. as a shaman guide and your spirit animal. Right. And, um, you know. The back to Johnny Mnemonic, the dolphin as the savior, right? Yeah. And not the natural world. Yeah. Not just the dolphin saves us, you know, <laughs> flies up into the air and like destroys the big pharma building, a bunch of dolphins, you know, lasers on yeah. their heads. No, it's mental integration, right? And it's not right. only mental integration, it's a natural integration exactly. with the technological space. Right. And that's the crazy thing that that keeps befuddling me about this movie is is the ultimate resolution is it's the evolution with tech it's not the destruction of pharma it's not the destruction of tech mm. it's the ev- it's it's the robin hood's retaking tech integrate as you're saying with a natural space and a natural world and then we get right. that beautiful sort of uh fight club-esque scene where the big pharma building's on fire right but right. the, and, but it's because we're now one. The dark crystal is now one. Um, I love that. Yeah, the good and the bad. So, yeah, yeah. Well said. Yeah, definitely. I can see that for sure because you have like the contrast and juxtaposition of dolphin representing natural world and then the tech world and the balancing of each. And you see that too for sure in like William Gibson's novels and and some other like cyberpunk movies and stuff where like the 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 tech setting it's it almost has like a natural forest or jungle kind of feel to it like there's so many wires and stuff like that that are just sort of like coming out of the walls the way you Uh, see like uh like leaves and vines you know like sure sure you know yeah branches of the net of the tech world right yeah so i think you're right you know okay so can we if we haven't already can we achieve that that healthy synthesis and balance of tech and nature in uh in our our world right now 
I think that I think that we can. And I think we kind of answered this this discussion a little bit earlier too is is not the erasure of the body, but the integration of tech with the body and the mind as this, you know, sort of triptych sort of yeah. thing. Right. right. And, uh, and of course there's exploitation of the tech space. Right. As you know, Pharmacon showed us in Johnny Mnemonic, but <clears throat> it can be used for the uh for the low techs which is a moral and righteous cause um you know a cause for for the masses for for humanity's sake right to take it back from a space of machinery just like in the matrix and return us to zion essentially but zion is an integration with the machines and the robots you know they they protect zion as well and then Zion is in basically like we're saying the integration of the triptych, which is the body, the mind, and technology, or yeah. nature and yeah. technology. You know, duality. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's really fascinating. Um, yeah, and and the low techs, they're they're the low techs. They're not like the no techs, right? I mean, it's not like they've right, right. They're not luddites. They they haven't like uh, completely rejected uh, tech technology and technological space. They're using it in a healthy way to their advantage, and that's the thing. Yeah, I guess tech isn't inherently bad. What I think is inherently bad is uh, corporate America. You know, right. pharmacon, pharmacon. And yeah. it's interesting too to think like. It's really fun. This would be a fun undergraduate paper of like a compare and contrast Johnny Mnemonic mm. and the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one commentary the Matrix makes too, and harking back to uh, last week's episode, is the purpose of religion and the purpose mm. of horror stories and the purpose of, you know, faith and heaven and, and glory yeah. stories, you know, as it would glory hole stories but freaking uh, going to heaven but uh in any event uh the religious religion is used as a way to restructure the village right to protect the village and to give you a hope and something to live for and a community space and you know what have you and the demons are made to protect us from, you know, killing ourselves or killing others and, you know, essentially re- restructuring the village, the tribe, right? Yeah. yeah. I return to the tribe. Um, <clears throat> damn it. I was the fucking lost my <laughs> final thought on that. Oh, man. Son of a bitch. It's, it's, it'll come back around. It'll come back. Yeah, around. sure. Yeah. But I think reintegration of the village of the tribe. I mean, it's it's kind of like this. Like at this point, I don't think it's going to happen. But this kind of like a uh, green new deal America, you know, where it's like twenty thirties, twenty forties, twenty fifties America, where it's you know we we've stopped using coal and we've mostly stopped using oil, and now we're um, figured out how to really harness solar power and wind power and. I mean, that's literally what that is, right? I mean, that's synthesis of of nature and tech, you know, in, in the best way possible and creating the best world possible through that, through that synthesis. Right. Oh, that yeah. was going to be my point that you reminded me of it. Yeah. Is, yeah is the connections between with religion and, and the, its purpose, right? The purpose. Yeah. 
and the purpose. So if we look at religion that way and not in this, you know, true or false or whatever, sure. Uh, 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 the 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 evolutionary purpose we could say um the matrix comments it on what's the name of the ship right the nebuchadnezzar what's oh, the right right there's so the, what's me, that again what's nebuchadnezzar that nebuchadnezzar is the is a uh, is morpheus's ship yeah but what's where's that name come from that's like a biblical thing right and that's a biblical thing yeah king, king nebuchadnezzar right I'm gonna Google that. I I I I have a vague understanding of what it was because I've looked it up because of the matrix, especially and yeah, yeah. Bible, you know. But look uh, that up, Jamie. Look that up, Jamie. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, right? And Neo is like this Jesus figure, you know, uh, the chosen one, right, right. Um, that's gonna whatever bring say, sacrifice himself for for the sake of humanity you know so to speak so uh uh likewise in in johnny mnemonic right the parallels between that and the matrix is johnny mnemonic too heaven is where the low techs are at right um there's all this there's all this fundamental religious lore and legends and mythology that's created in this new technical space just like we're saying there's new horror stories that are created right 21st century there's also new tech technological forms of religion so right yeah you're still seeing i mean and that's what's so appealing to me about the low techs about the zion people and matrix is is the return of culture you know because it's not even tech's not bad you know it's cool whatever you know like modern society not so bad i mean like we we're saying before all the advancements in medicine that people can have prosthetics for lost limbs. I mean, wow, that's so great, you know? Um, but I think just the loss of culture, you know, it's like, why can't we have prosthetics as well as healthy integrated communities and, and, uh, shared culture, you know, as opposed to, so it's like, you know, you're sitting around the low tech sitting around a fire, tapping into their own new story traditions right rather than just like sitting isolated in their living rooms right right yeah i looked i looked up king nebuchadnezzar okay king nebuchadnezzar portrayed in the bible as the babylonian king whose conquest of judah led to the destruction of the temple in jerusalem cool however he's also well known for his relationship with daniel and his ability to interpret the king's dreams when no one else could. Oh, cool. Um, <clears throat> All right, there you go. Nebuchadnezzar II historically was the longest ruling king of the Chaldean Empire. He was 43 years old when he died. Yeah. And the whole, the the uh, temple burning down, I mean, that, the whole idea with that was that was like the system burning down, right? That was like the right right the, typically, the religious power structure typically regarded as the empire's greatest king nebuchadnezzar remains famous for his military campaigns Ooh, we should do a legends of war on this guy i was just gonna say yeah including hanging gardens of babylon and for the role he plays in jewish history yeah i think what it was though just like what you're saying is it's not like he destroyed it because he was so terrible 
God made him destroy it because the Jewish people were so terrible at the time, right? Using right. the temple as a means of, of, uh, like money lending, money like and that. yeah, yeah, merchants. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure about that, but yeah, I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Cause the well, temple it- got destroyed like multiple times, right? I'm only aware of the one. Okay, so I went to Catholic high school, and then the uh, we had to take a theology class. And I remember there was this like little rhyme to remember this. So uh, I remember the teacher, Miss McNiff. She was like, she was like this super old, nice Catholic lady, you know. And she's like, um, uh, what was it? In 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 seventy A.D., the temple was destroyed, or the Sadducees were sad. You see, because the temple was destroyed in seventy A.D. That was the rhyme. So. In 70 AD, it got destroyed and the Sadducees, which were like the, you know, the religious elites, the the priest class, but the corrupt priest class, you know, were, were sad, apparently. But then there's the earlier story where Jesus, he like goes into the temple and flips the tables because he's like, are you fucking kidding me? There's like money lenders in the in the temple. Right. right. You're profane. Yeah. And I think I think that one was later. Right. That was in the Hebrew scriptures. Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian destruction of the temple. That was okay. That was in the or that was the Hebrews. I can't remember the Greek and the Hebrew. Sure. But nonetheless, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of off on my biblical history. Yeah, it's fine. I haven't have been uh, agnostic for 15 years. Yeah. I'd say that, but you know. But going with the... I'm, uh, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the Cy Spirituality, Cyborg Spirituality, my baby. Cyborg Spirituality. Yeah. Uh, Rollins. And our dolphins, yeah. you know. We're dolphins, Rollins. We're heading. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think they could have done without that like girl that was the head of the company that was like they're using my company, Johnny. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, That's yeah. And then there's also that didn't really make like, sense, uh, you know. Yeah, there's this weird like mediumship, right? I mean, where where the uh, technological space becomes the the medium for uh the spirit world to come through the ghost world uh-huh. right yes. bro because i yes. mean you know it's covering it's covering everything if we're talking in terms of the non-human and post-human and and integration with other non-human consciousness okay because we have na- wow we have tech. Yeah. yeah we have tech we have na- well human of course tech nature um you know ghost world spirit world dead dead land you know um cyborg you know i mean right. it's really the, the only thing what are they do what are they what are they doing to her the ghost just yeah. what me and you were saying last week that man they ruined rain you know they're ruining ghost stories they're actually killing the cyborg ghost memories within the hard drive right you know? It's a it's a literal man, manifestation of Jared to Jared. Maybe they went into the future and watched this, you know, listen to this episode, William Gibson. But nonetheless, right. you know, yeah, because Pharmacon was deleting her all of her right. work and her memory from the yeah. from the interface, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's literally what it is. I mean, you know, it's like okay, if for any listeners in this podcast, you know, or just whoever, like, can can you what are can you name your great grandparents? What are their first and last names? A lot of people can't do that, right? And it's like right. most people can't. And it's literally just your great 
grandparents. That's not that that far back, you know, but it's like, again, cultural erasure, you know, historical erasure where we're, you know, disconnected from from time itself, you know, from from our histories. And that's and Johnny literally lives in this time where you can literally erase part of your memory from our old thesis from 10 years ago of memory flooding. Yeah. And this goes back to Rollins freak out too, is there's just too much. It's too much. It's everywhere. Too much. It's too much. Nowadays it's just too much. TikTok, Instagram, jobs, working, freaking 40 hours a week, you know. Yeah, man. No matter what it emails, our phones, our relationships, Tinder, the list goes on, right? Um, you know, it's Bro. too much. We're losing our memories. We I don't even we don't even know our great grandparents are for crying out loud. <laughs> Memory flooding. And like I was listening to this philosopher, Jacob Needleman, who's freaking awesome. I have a copy of the Tao Te Ching, and like uh this guy wrote a really really awesome introduction to it so i just like looked him up see if he had any uh lectures or whatever and of course he does and like he i was listening to one where he was saying um he goes every technological advancement for the past 100 200 years has been has been delivered with the promise that it will free up more time that it will create more time for us right right has that been true at all you bring up that good uh parable or story about the cotton gin the cotton gin bro yeah. that's a, yeah crazy yeah, yeah you know? absolutely um and another point too is i realize because we asked a question a few weeks ago a few episodes ago is why do we love history so much you know yeah and i think that we love history is because history is becoming human yeah looking back into our own histories can actually uh, give us a sense or a feeling of reconnecting to a time that was uncorrupted by the technological corporate big pharma, you know, industrial complex that we live in. Yeah. It's a human complex is that we live in right now. So yeah. looking back into history, we can actually, uh become more human because we're looking back to a time when we were right exactly and this is you know and this is the whole project and i think becoming human and jared to jared are kind of uh legends of war major theme legends of war but like, we're going back in the history baby yeah i mean restitching together the uh the you know ripped up fabric of the village of the community you know it's like of the tribe how do we how do we stitch it back together you know the metaphor i keep using is the you know okay during the postmodern era we took the watch apart and now it's our duty you know as as just human beings but as scholars writers uh, artists whatever to to stitch it all back together and how do we do that? And I think everyone plays a different role. You know, it's like for you and me, that's, um, you know, it's intellectual, it's creative. For someone else, it could be in, uh, you know, if they're uh, working law enforcement, for example, and then, you right. know, use use their, their work in law enforcement as a way to, you know, stitch back together communities or whatever, you know, people do it in education, high schools. So just what what is, how are you, stitching the world back together you know i think that's like the question of 
uh, this age, you know? Right. Right. And I think we're, we're making an attempt at that just in our own creative practices and spiritual practices. And I think what's great about movies like the matrix and Johnny mnemonic and the low tax, right. Is it gives everybody a purpose in this new society Right. Dude, there's a fucking pandemic of suicide and depression and anxiety right now, yeah, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people, incels and stuff, they don't realize their worth and their purpose mm-hmm. in 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 our world, you know. And yeah. the J bones of the world, they can be the leaders of heaven, you know, and right, this right. actually end up saving the world. Yeah. Um, um, people right. like Trinity and Neo and Morpheus, right? Uh, people like jared freaking with an a and jared with an e you know and dion with an ion we can change the world man and 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 you know even like you're saying people like you know notable great constables that start with a j o h n you know and freaking or 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 firefighters you know whatever it is but you don't have to necessarily take that you know a person who plays video games right would find the space in the johnny mnemonic world you know they could have a purpose and that's one of the great parts of the integration utopia that we're trying to build here exactly bro and it's like you know look you said so many great things just now and it's like yeah, I mean, okay, you look at that movie and you're right. What's so beautiful about the low techs is everyone has a purpose. You know, every character, even the just sort of like goofy side characters are like on watch, you know, on the bridge right, or something. Right, right, like everyone yeah. is serving a purpose because there's a unifying mission. Yeah, We don't have a unifying mission as a country, which is why no. we're completely turning in on ourselves. You know, the, the disintegration, the divisiveness, you know, there's no unifying right. mission, whether that's beating the Nazis, saving the world from the aliens. You know, the idea has been proposed that can we, the environment, can that be our unifying mission for this generation? And, you know, apparently not, but uh, it's one idea, you know, and, and even like the corporate people, you see it too there, like in, um, or maybe I think it was the Yakuza, Yakuza, but there was uh, that scene where like one dude, he's just a random guy. He's on camera for like, 10 seconds and he gets killed and he's part of the yakuza just one of the like foot soldiers and then this chick is like she's like no brandon or whatever the guy's name was and it's like this moment that humanizes the the yakuza you know where it's like this this soldier said that she just lost her her friend and then it's humanizing for them and i wonder if in our world because i kind of want everyone to be on the low techs right I, i want everyone to be like you know, down with down with the you know reclaim, reclaiming public space, down with restitching the the village and stuff. And down I think if you take, and if you take these uh, corporate people, you know, it's like like I think they would enjoy it too. You know, it's like you hear stories about like there's one dude I forget his name who like um, this black dude who like goes into KKK communities and fucking like save you know takes white people and like you know convinces them out of the KKK, which is fucking oh yeah 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 so scary but like right i mean that's powerful where he's like come join our side bro it's way more fun like you get to hang out meet people like you know care about people not just be living from a place of fear and anger and you know it's like 
come hang out with like John and Jane and J Bone. It's gonna be sick, you know. (laughs) (laughs) What's that dude's name? I've heard him on podcasts before. Wow. You know, that movie, uh, Black Klansman, was written, I think, partly because of him or people he oh, worked wow. with. Yeah. So, uh, super interesting. Um, Powerful, man. Another point I wanted to mention, too, is uh, Johnny Mnemonic, right? So, we yeah. have Johnny, which is a very plain and just everyday person name. You know, John McCubra, yeah. John McHugh, Johnny Me- McCunick, <laughs> Jared McCunick, Jared, Jared Mnemonic. Um, but mnemonic, right? I got a dev- I got the noun here and the adjective. Yeah. All right. Yeah. A device such as a pattern of letters, ideas, or associations that assists in remembering something. For example, Richard of York gave battle in vain for the colors of the pattern spectrum, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. I had to invent a mnemonic, in other words, a prompt that I could use in chemistry exams. And then the adjective aiding or designed to aid the memory. In terms of leadership, I use the mnemonic device. Yeah. ET ownership, accountability, you know. The, the Sadducees were sad, you see, when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. That's an that's a mnemonic, right? There you go. That's a yeah, mnemonic. To remember the, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so yes, he's de- dehumanized, right? But the very nature of a mnemonic is is human, is inherently human. Right. It's it it and it's something that actually aids and guides a human. It it has yeah. to deal with the memory and the design of the brain and the design of of becoming human, right? So so in one way he's objectified, but in this new world, objects are personified. Mm. Cause, yeah, because he is the mnemonic, right? Right, and he's Johnny yeah. Mnemonic, right? And he's the savior. He's the person who, who, who throughout the movie is trying to find his humanity. Mm. And what does the dolphin give him? A final memory of his mother, right, at his seventh birthday. Right. Yeah. Memory, yeah, reintegrating the memory. Reintegration. Which, I mean, talk about, uh, you know, recovering and healing from woundedness, trauma, whatever. A lo- I mean, it's a story of repressed memory, right? It's a story of repressed memories that are that are then recovered in order to integrate more fully with uh, the child self, the wounded child that uh, resides within all of us, you know? And that's an interesting point, too, because what does he give up? in order to be uh someone who can live in a capitalist world with thousand dollar hookers and nice buttons on my (laughs) shirt like they do you know literally gives up his 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 history in order to operate more effectively in a in a capitalist and that's sort of what how it works you know in america and and, yeah quote-unquote maturity or whatever and you know, mm-hmm. even in academia, it's such a dog yeah. eat dog world, and you just, you know, you lose your childhood, and in, in yeah. a lot of instances, especially oh, yeah. like these admins and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. they become Johnny mnemonics. You know, they're just totally. essentially aids in memory for for a corporate cause, though, right? Right. Uh, 
we pay you 150 grand because you remember how to respond to teachers and 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 section 7.1 ad of the union paperwork you know exactly but, exactly you know so you're essentially just like a data programmer but don't put too much in because you could potentially die and we see that there's right. so many people dropping dead here in American society working out. Yeah. a literal fucking death, you know, because they yeah. jacked up 320 gigs into my brain, man. I want it out. <laughs> oh, man, for real, bro. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we got to restitch it. In any event, quite a quite a good cinematic experience there. You know, yeah, demonic. yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's it's it. a classic. It's so good. Yeah, that was actually a pretty good, pretty good point there. Our our final thoughts there are pretty good. Do you have any other final thoughts? No, not really. Other than I, I appreciate how you're down with the uh, becoming human. Uh, manifesto you know it's cool listen on the becoming human narrative manifesto i want to be in i want to be part of the followers on this here yeah well hey man that's part of the that's an it's an interesting thesis you know it is yeah you know especially to me and you were always interested in the in the post-human and the cyborg right yeah you know and it's the whole uh you know i mean the becoming human is like what it really is is me trying to uh start up the low techs start up zion essentially you know just saying sure. like like hey like look around because i don't know if if many of us are feeling all that human you know maybe we should uh right work right. on that you know and that's coming from you know fucking white dude grew up in the suburbs long island feeling dehumanized you know it's like holy yeah. shit bro like if i'm feeling dehumanized it's like it's gotta be pretty bad out there you know like right you're essentially you know what i mean bone, you know yeah I'm J Bone, bro. You're J Bone. You're there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I dig it. I dig it. You know, and and I've always been a prophet of technology, you know. Right. And and I I patriotic love America. I'm an American man. I think yeah. that tech could actually be manifested by the low techs. Yeah. To take over big pharma, big institutions, big corporations, yeah. right, from the inside right. out eventually, you know. And I think that's a dream that was really built in the 90s is revolution. Yeah. Uh, you look at the bands, Rage Against the Machine, you know, right. to, all this like new metal and even the hip hop yeah. and stuff like that, you know. And then you get movies like Fight Club blowing up the credit card buildings, right. John monic the matrix one came out 1999 you know yeah these are all movies about revolution uh, about revolutions freaking yeah. france my babies taking yeah. back over america you know seeing that's the thing too it's like i that makes me feel kind of down sometimes because i'm like like i remember when i was in college you know maybe feeling a little bit more idealistic about this kind of stuff i mean i'm a much more uh I like who I am now more than I like myself in college. You know, I think I've definitely just like developed as a human being more in a positive way, but still, I think something that I lack now that I had more of, you know, in my early twenties was this sense of, uh, 
maybe optimism that it was like, oh, cool. Yeah, look, we're we're all kind of turning on to like how fucked up, you know, the system is. And if we can, you know, through our storytelling and music and culture, we can we can reclaim all of this. And, uh, you know, it's looking pretty good. But as you know, I'm turning 32 in a month and just, you know, entering you know, just just being an adult now and entering more fully into adulthood every day, just looking around and feeling kind of a little bit disenchanted too, where it's like, oh shit, man, like, well, things have only gotten kind of worse, you know, in the past right. 10, 20 years. So I don't know. It's like, was all the, uh, you know, revolutionary art and uh, art and movies and all that of, of that, at that era, did it actually do anything, you know? Well, I mean, Look at one of my favorite historic, one of both of our favorite historical figures, you know, freaking Maximilian Robespierre, you know, yeah. from for the French Revolution, Viva la Revolution. You know, he freaking was part of chopping that bitch's head off, you know, and he right. he was a figure of this new government. And what happens to Robespierre? Yeah, they treated the dude like a baguette. They freaking killed him. They chopped his head they off. They treated you know? the dude like a baguette. <laughs> uh huh. You know, so I think I think this happens to awesome. a lot of a lot of sto- you know scholars, Stoics, whatever uh, yeah. politicians, in just the humans in general. You know. Yeah. Because when we're young and we fight for all these things and these moralities and these causes, because we're human and we're mature now and we figure it out, you know, and then you get older and you realize I didn't figure shit out. Right. What I did figure out is I'm a human being, you know, and I Mm -hmm. I enjoy watching like Johnny Mnemonic and listening to Jared to Jared over like a nice glass of Glenn Levitt, like Jack Crawford, you know. (laughs) on his trawling bloat the clementine churchill you know i like to go fishing and stuff and i like to let things go and maybe you know at the senate at the you know faculty senate now probably just like muted and go get some tea you know because and water my purposes you know because they're gonna chop my head off baguette so and it's at the in the end you know i think you do we change? I don't know. Is it for the best? Is it for the worst? I don't know. Yeah. I do want to, I want to clarify for uh, the uh, Jared to Jared, J-Bone to J-Bone listeners. Um, we, we love America on Jared to Jared. Oh, I feel yeah. Like that's, oh, yeah. Cause I feel sometimes I think there's a, I think there's this confusion often, you know, and right. In, in narratives and among people that if you're, if you're upset about something, if you, if you're like, you know, want to protest something or just bitch about something or, or be, be upset about like corporate America and how fucked up, you know, the country is in so many ways that that means you're anti-American. That means you hate this place right? and that uh, you want to see it destroyed or something like that, you know, Antifa, you know, burn it all down. Like, absolutely not. Like, I think it's actually from a place of uh, like, concern and care and then patriotism right. kind of that that we want to you know it's literally develop our views and restitch it you know it's like you can't yeah. restitch the village if you hate the village you like know the it's village like, is america that's our project yeah know? like america's sick right now and saying america's sick i don't think is like anti-nationalist or anti-patriot or something america's right. sick and in, in, in the same right. way that if you have like a sick friend or parent or child you want to do something 
you know, to, to help out and aid, you know, um, and every, every, every nation will always be sick. And that's a good way to look at it as always being better, you know, always improving. Right. There's always the health. Mm-hmm. And I would argue it's the opposite. If we didn't say anything and we did nothing and we didn't give a shit, you know, we would be unpatriotic, you know, we're the most patriotic. Right. Right. And if you look back to revolutionary France, well, the queen would have said, Robespierre's uh not a French, you know, he he's a disgrace yeah. to to his French Frenchhood, French citizens, right. whatever. He's a disgrace to his baguettes, you know. Yeah. But Robespierre and the rest of the people in the freaking revolution, well, he's the most Frenchman in in all of France, you know. Right, so right. he's the crunchiest of baguettes of them all, you know. So again. We're patriots, my baby. We're freaking J Bone. <laughs> J Bone to J Bone is is an American podcast through and through. You know? It is. It is. We should we should change our uh, podcast cover. Have the uh, American flag behind us. That's true. That's true. And Bro, it could be it us like standing back to back with our arms folded and you know the American flag behind us. That could be pretty good. Yeah. You were a little disappointed at first with the photo I took for the for the cover and. Yeah, I'm over it. It's fine now. Yeah. Have you grown with it? People really like it, but yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I like it. Listen, man, we need to I think we need to go to the to the digitized American flag because this is really an American pod inherently. Is it, is. it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like Johnny Mnemonic and J Bone and Jane. Yeah. They were the most Americans of them all. You know, Big Pharma yeah. was, they used, you know, non-American entities to freaking murder off people that were trying right. to give away, you know, the secret to the formula. So, yeah. Seeing what's cool, too, is uh, trying I to mean, save the village. Yeah. You could take all the elements of the uh, cyberpunk narrative and you you could make it a uh, American Revolution historical narrative and it would still hold up. It would still be the same. I mean, that's what's cool about the cyberpunk narrative structure is that it's transferable onto all these other time periods and aesthetics and uh, can still retain its uh, its message. And then look at how what uh, the function of the underground was, the low techs at first, before Johnny was the release of information right and we're living in that age 2021 that was another prophetic moment of that movie is is uh there was a senator on on rogan the other day uh i can't remember from hawaii her name but uh she was saying that governments right they still uh, american government and corporations and stuff they try to withhold information and and hide things from the masses and you just can't do that really anymore technology has become a life thread for all of us you know and freaking uh rollins talk with him about all this stuff this is what causes this is what causes it but we need it, you know, we need, because what yeah. we're creating is something that is going to push forward and supposed to evolve what is human, the capacities of, of, of human ability and understanding and comprehension. Like 
you know, the space telescope and and uh, things with environmentalism and health and medical and all this stuff. Right. And one of the things that you can't do is own humanity. Right. You can't right. you can't own something that's inherently human or something that's inherently natural. So tech, I'm trying to argue to you, is actually a natural space. It's constructed from a natural entity that's trying to uh, uh, reform or create something that is human, right? Something that is natural. And one thing you can't own is the animals, you know, free willy. You can't own human slaves and you can't own tech. And that's of one other thing that Johnny Mnemonic and Matrix is trying to tell us in a lot of these sci-fis. And a lot of what's happening now with the pandemic, all this stuff, is you can't own technology, especially with social media and all this shit, right? You can't own information. Because it's human. Yeah. yeah, It's it's natural. Yeah, information as human, yeah. Yeah, and I think of like... Like like Emerson in his essay, The Oversoul, he talks about how uh, like everything physical and he's talking about nature, human beings, you know, the entire thing is a uh, is an expression of the uh, spirit behind it. So, you know, the form that things take is just the material expression of this, you know, deeper, deeper spirit, oversoul, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And right. if that's true, I mean, that includes, you know tech all the weird shit that's going on you know this is the maybe there's a bigger narrative that we're just not seeing you know and maybe not capable of seeing maybe there's some like fourth dimensional creatures warring it out with each other and uh you know their what's going on in their world is having an impact on our world or something like that you know who knows right and what a cool story that'd be to meet an evolved species that evolved naturally yeah. And we're able to contact and hang out with them and associate and protect ourselves, all this stuff and, and communicate with them because of something we created that yeah. was inherently us better than us to propel us to their level. Right. That's a fucking beautiful story of nature to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like maybe, uh, all the tech stuff it's all just part of the plan all part of uh, nature's plan on behalf of the jareds thank you for listening like and subscribe so you never miss an episode the jareds will be back next week and always remember your body's not always a temple it's also an amusement park don't forget to enjoy the ride have a good night